Hi and welcome. My name is Stefan Emmerich and I want to invite you to this online course on online moderation. This course is focusing on people who work in the field of civil peace service for Pratt for the World. Hello and welcome to this Bread for the World online podcast on open source software. My name is Stefan Emery. Thanks very much for tuning in. This is a more general podcast on what software to use in my CPS office. I don't really want to go into detail about specific software tools, but I want to stay or speak more about general aspects of choosing the right software. And I personally think we need a cultural change in the way we use computers. So this podcast deals with a big topic of open source software. The main goal is to raise awareness for the topic and to initiate a discussion within the various CPS partners. Especially in vulnerable contexts, data security is a big and important topic. And data security starts with the selection of the software used. And that is what we are talking about here. So what software, where do I use in my CPS office? Well, especially in the global south, but also in the industrialized north, many people work with old Windows versions and partly also with cracked or illegal versions of software. Many users do not realize that old versions of an operating system, such as, for example, Microsoft Vista or so, but also younger operating systems that do not regularly receive a security update, offer both hackers and secret services an open door to the hard drives of the computers as soon as they are connected to the internet. Generally speaking, there is no really 100% secure system. But there are, for example, Linux-based operating systems that are not only cheap or even free in their basic version, but bring a wide variety of free open source software and at the same time are not owned by large US companies. For almost all applications, there exist also alternatives that are based on an open code open source software, that's how it's called, and I regularly develop further by huge communities. The main advantage of this open system is that no hidden backdoors can be built in without being noticed sooner or later by the community. And when I speak about backdoors, I mean opportunities for, for example, the secret services to sneak in. And this is different with a big proprietary system where nobody can control what exactly is stored within the software on the respective computer. The big, big advantage of using the big operating systems like Macintosh operating system and Windows, but also of using, for example, Google and the many Google offers of the Google family, is of course a large distribution and the fact that the system can be used very comfortably due to the market power. You know, they, can, they have so much money involved, they're just very easy to use systems. And one of the central disadvantages, however, is that we as users are becoming increasingly dependent on large market leaders and are losing more and more control over our own data, especially in civil peace service and development cooperation in general, but not only here. There should be a very high sensitivity regarding the use of data. So what is the difference between free and non-free software? First, a common misunderstanding. 
free or open source software is often but not necessarily free in terms of costs. Free stands for freedom, not for free of charge. Freedom means the source code is freely accessible. Anyone may read it, examine it for errors or security holes, modify it and reuse it for their own software per projects. This means that free software can be understood as a commons. Put simply, it belongs to all people in common. No one is, is excluded from its use. This is particularly important in the global south. Grassroots movements or people with very low income thus have access to high quality software that they would otherwise often not be able to afford in a market lo logic. The development and maintenance of free software is done to considerable extent on a voluntary basis. But still it requires money. This money is raised to a large extent through donations. And that too is an essential part of freedom. The further development does not depend on individuals who tie financial support to consideration of their own interests. Usage and energy compensation are decoupled from each other through donation-based funding. Besides Linux-based software like Ubuntu as an operating system, LibreOffice as an office system, Thunderbird, Firefox, both uh, owned by the Mozilla Foundation, uh, really great software tools on a very professional level. I also personally use, for example, Signal as a messenger service on my computer, OpenShot and Shotcut as video editing software, VLC as media player, Audacity as an audio editing software, etc. All these software programs are highly professional and free and legal to obtain. By the way, they are usable on Windows computers and Linux computers alike. Well, let's talk about the operating system. The change from, for example, Windows or Macintosh as operating system to Linux, for example, in the very user-friendly Ubuntu variant is not always easy and especially for newcomers there are often problems when it comes to connecting external peripherals, printers, scanners, etc. And also some software cannot be installed so easily. Sometimes there are problems to work together on documents if colleagues work with Microsoft Office, for example, but still it can make sense to think about a change. A big advantage of Linux is an incredibly helpful Linux community where you can find help and support for many questions. At the same time, it should not be forgotten that a minimum of technical understanding and willingness to learn are not only helpful but sometimes also necessary. Well, that's especially when you speak about the operating system. When you speak about um, Office software, for example, that's very, very easy to install even on a Windows computer. Especially this Microsoft-based or Adobe-based um, cloud-based software uh, is, is very tricky. The security of this data cannot guarantee, be guaranteed, while at least in Germany, many data protectionists reject or even prohibit the use of Microsoft 365, for example, in public administration. Final remarks on, on this topic. Uh, this podcast and this handout, uh, which goes with the podcast, are intended to encourage the community of practice and the individual organizations of the civil peace service to think a bit more about which software should be used in the future and whether it might not be possible to rely more on free software in the future. So talk about it in your offices, talk about, about it in the community of practice, and maybe 
if you don't even want to change the operating system, maybe you can start using free um, open source software instead of Microsoft or Macintosh-based software, for example, as a writing program or as an email program, etc. Thanks very much for listening. My name is Stefan, and this was a Pratt for the World podcast for online trainings and online workshops.